Yeah, there's a person, uh, I know that they're watching, obviously they're not here, but there's a growth in the side that needs to go now in Jesus' name. It needs to go now in Jesus' name. And it's going to be so tangible that the Lord touch you because it's going to be gone. And you will be proclaiming the greatness of God. Even in the uh, privacy of your home, God can visit you, touch you, and change you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. watching but um i keep seeing a spine a spine problem i don't know if it's a, a curvature if it's um spina bifida if it's an an alignment issue but uh it right now just receive the healing in the name of jesus if, is it any, is it somebody here somebody watching well everybody's spine's good okay <laughs> so wherever you are what, whatever it is whatever the issue is with your spine i really believe the lord is, is touching you right now you've been calling out to you've been you crying saying, I just need somebody to lay hands on me. I just need somebody to pray for me. And I know everything will be okay, but there's no distance in the spirit. So just receive his healing right now. Put your own hand on your back and just receive the healing right now where you are in Jesus' name. There, yeah, there is. And the things I've been speaking to you in the secret, get ready because you're going to be able to leave it in public. And the fire of God will flow through your hands because I've been talking about to you these things. So be bold to to lay hands and don't neglect those that are in need to touch, to receive the touch that come from me through you. Because great things I will be doing in these days through you and those that are with you. And the fire of God will tangible will be tangible in your hands and you will know that I'm doing great things in the midst of you in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I thank you Father I thank you for Pastor Don and Miss Rhonda I lift them up I lift their hands I thank you for them. I thank you. They're receiving a strength even right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Jesus' name. In, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 
I thank you, Father, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in our homes, Father. I thank you that our homes would be an altar, would be a place where the presence of God can abide. I thank you, Father, that the, 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 our homes, Lord, are going to become a place where the anointing can flow, Father, Lord, and can reside, Father. The Spirit of God can manifest greatly, Father, in that place. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know we're doing things a little bit different today with cameras and all that, and nobody's here again. Everybody got the email that was preaching, so you guys decide not to show up. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's really difficult to disengage right now from the presence of God. And, and you probably are at home and you're looking at us and you are, as often we do when we use media, we used to connect as spectators. But I want to encourage you right now. Be part of this. Because I have a hard time disengaging with what the Lord is trying to do or is doing in this house right now. And I don't think it's any different than what the Lord wants to do in the midst of you where you are right now. I thank you, Father, that you're speaking to people right now. You're aligning, aligning your church in Jesus' name. You're aligning your church in Jesus' name. For great, great time ahead is waiting for us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was excellent. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We thank you, Father, Lord. Well, I don't know what is crazy. I don't know if it's crazy for me to take an invitation to be a guest speaker in an empty church or for a pastor to invite a guest speaker when the church is empty. <laughs> but I think we do a very good, uh, very good team. And I appreciate Pastor Danny's invitation. And um, just know this, you're greatly missed. We, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We, see, we miss you seeing your faces. Uh, we miss talking to you and knowing and hearing from you what's going on. But it's a great honor to be here in the house of the Lord, to be able to deliver this thing to you. And as the Lord was ministering to me to uh, find something that I can say to you today that will encourage you. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not uh, happy with what's going on. Uh, but I'm not depressed. I'm just angry. Uh, and, uh, you know, not just because I'm so special, it's just I'm irritated with everything that's going on, and I'm tired of the enemy trying to tell me how I need to live my life. So um, I refuse to do that. And, uh, and, you know, as I was waiting on the Lord there to be able to just make sure that I'm in tune with what he's saying, you know, uh, we need to remember this. God is coming for the church. He's not coming for America. God is coming for the church. He's not coming for the nation. And he's coming for the body of believers. And as much as I believe United States is going to have a great part to play in the days to come, uh, we must pray for those in authority to live in peace and quietly 
but not because nations are going to uh, recognize God. Actually, the Bible says completely the opposite. Nations are going to line up against God to go to battle with God. But those that believe the gospel, those that believe in Jesus Christ are going to be saved, are going to be redeemed, are going to be lifted up, are going to be rescued from what is to come. And you know, this is not the time to start listening prophecies about judgment. This is not the time to start listening about prophecies about Middle East. This is not the time to start listening prophecies, prophecies or prophets uh, about, you know, what's to come concerning to judgment because thank God we are living in the season of grace and the gospel of God was designed to go as a, as a, as a bait to get those they are to be saved and to engage those they are in need and to rescue those they are without hope and to heal those they are sick and to deliver those they are oppressed. So our message should not be in this time just of judgment and yet judgment is judgment. It will come when the church is left up but in this day our main goal is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, is to share the good news of the gospel, is to tell people there is answering God, is to tell people that they don't have to live their life like there's no hope, that we must rise to the top because Jesus paid a great price for us. Amen. I'm preaching myself happy already. I'm too, I'm too advanced in my sermon again. But, you know, as I was thinking, I, I'm like, we need to rise. We need to celebrate God. We need to remember what Jesus did. I often, when, when the enemy tried to bring me down, I don't know if you've been there, when the enemy is trying to, you know, corner you and trying to make you think about, oh, poor you, and, and oh, you should feel bad about yourself. Look at everything that's happening around you. How are you going to get out of this situation? I often look Back like David did when he had to face the giant and he said, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this big guy, but I know that when I saw the, the bear and the lion, God was with me. So if God was with me in the past, he will be with me in the future. And I often had to remind myself that, that God have done a great work for my, on my behalf to align me for such a time as this. You are not a result of just accidents in life. You were created in the mind of Christ to be in this time alive. And if you're breathing today, you are a miracle from God. God had to resurrect my mother that was eight days clinically dead. She had to bring her back from the dead before she went that she died. She had to, he had to move her from Chile to Argentina, where they will hear the gospel of Christ and they would be able to enter in this relationship with God. And in that home I was brought up, I was raised in a Christian home, but then he had to take me out of Argentina and move me to Chile, where I can respond to the call of God when I met my wife, when I discovered the plan of God for my life and then against all the odds bring me to United States of America. You kidding me? You think that's an accident? You think that that just happened because you have luck? No, that's God working on your behalf making things organized, creating the steps. And if you cooperate with him, 
he can do great things for us. And in these days, more, more than ever before, so if you connect online and you were thinking, well, maybe Brother Pablo is going to have a, a message to tell me how wonderful we are and, and, and how can I have peace in moments of, of chaos. I'm not telling you how to have peace. I'm telling you how to bring war to chaos. So chaos have to run. I'm not telling you about how to have peace. We're never going to have real peace until we understand that we are in Christ. And once you are in Christ, you know you understand that you've been selected for an army that's in the middle of a battle and we're conquering the destiny that the Lord has set for us. Man, I'm excited. Hallelujah. I don't know what's going on in your house, but I can tell you I'm excited right here. God align it. God design it. God prepare it. I have a sermon. I, I hope I can get there. It was good. I spent time writing it. But you know, we need to get off this mindset, oh poor me, and just start saying, oh poor devil. Oh poor devil. He have no idea who he's messing with. He have no idea who he's coming against us. Oh, poor devil. Because every time that the devil tried to do something bad, the church had the answer to turn it around for good. That's why the Son of God was delivered to us and was manifest to destroy the work of the enemy. Not to say, well, you know, we feel sorry for you. This is going on. But things are going to get better. Just hold on. No, that's not our line. Our line is like, come on, believe. God can turn it around. God can make a miracle. God, if he needs to get involved, he will. And he will do it better and greater than what you ever expect. It's an arc desire. It's our determination to see God coming through and to work in our behalf. And we don't have to feel sorry for what we're living, but we need to be excited that the Lord has destined us to live in such a time as this. So once again, the church can rise and show what a great God we have. A God that's not limited to the government. It's not limited to main regulation. It's not limited to a building. It's not limited to a law. We are walking upon a higher law. The law of the kingdom of God in which there's no regulation. And Come on. Man, I'm excited. I don't know what happened to you guys. I don't know what you guys brought out here today. But the, the presence of God is here. And I'm telling you, we need to change our chip. We need to shift. We don't need to feel sorry about what's going on. Yes, it's not happy. I'm not happy about it. I can tell you that. I've been having to be on the phone with airlines for several hours, changing my tickets after ticket after ticket because I can't go anywhere. So you know what I decided? I said, well, you know when to let me go? The gospel is going to keep going. I'm going to find a way to, for the gospel to keep going. And you know, as much as I refuse to put my face online, because you know, I, I have, everybody tell me I have a face for radio. So um, as much as I refuse to do it, I felt like I have to do it. I need to do it. The gospel must continue. The message needs to flow. Yes, the circumstances have changed, but the mission haven't. Yes, the circumstance might be against us, but the mission and the one that enlisted us for that mission haven't changed. 
So if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, we have the ability to rest in him and say, Lord, I know you got it. Amen. Oh, I hope you're shouting at home. I don't know what you're doing there. I hope you're not sipping around and changing from preacher to preacher. I hope you finally settle one day. That's what they train you to do. That's why before we got to this stage, they put TV. They allow you to change from channel to channel to channel to channel. And we've been doing the same thing in life. We've been doing it before we could... We had to go this way, kind of underground, you know. You people was going from church to church to church to church, changing the channel to see if they can find what they like. And to do, they do it from the comfort of their home. They change from preacher to preacher to preacher to preacher, see if they can hear somebody. They suit their soul. Well, listen to me. You don't need somebody to suit your soul. You need somebody that challenge your soul. You need somebody that challenge your way of thinking. And you need somebody that transform through the word of God. You way of thinking because your way of thinking is leaving you without leaving the plan of God. Our way of thinking is withholding us. It's pushing us back. Our way of thinking is limit. Our way of thinking is the reason why we can experience more God. But it's through the ways of the Spirit that we get the ability to experience a greater revelation. And we can see what God is doing in the heavens. And that's why you can rejoice because you see the things before they happen. We are in those days. The Holy Spirit was given to us to let us know the things to come. We should not be wandering around in darkness, but light should be our greatest ally. And we should know where we're heading. Hallelujah. I'm getting there. I'm working there. I'm trying to get there. The Lord knows I'm trying to get to the message. But I'm too excited about seeing God working. And what the enemy tried to cause for destruction. And what he thought that he will do. Shutting down the doors and letting the church not come together. The Lord had turned around. And a great movement of prayer and people seeking God have risen this time. And there is a heart for the, to seek the face of God. And there is an unction to pray for God to move in the midst of us. And there is a desire, a cry out for God to move in the midst of us. And I believe in the days to come when we come once again together. It's going to be a great atmosphere and the spirit. Because we have put the time to go and seek God in the private. So when we come in the public, a great explosion of the glory of God will be manifest. This is not the time to do vacation. This is not a time to just rest at home and say, well, I can do anything. Yes, you can do a lot of things. You can get in the things of the Spirit. You can press in in prayer. You can press yourself into look at yourself in the Word of God, asking God, Lord, show me who I am. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Show me where I am in your plan because I need to get out of this situation even in a greater condition than how I came into this situation the church have done a great great uh, advance in the spirit I honestly believe that in the days to come we're going to see a grace arise of the presence of God in our midst not just because it's the plan of God but it's because finally the church say we can't do this anymore unless we have God in the middle 
And I'm believing for the day that people start getting healed over the internet. The people start receiving Jesus over the internet. The miracles start happening over the internet. The people doesn't need to necessarily come to our buildings anymore to receive a touch from God. But they can get it anywhere where they are because the presence of God is so tangible in the midst of us that the Lord is working on our behalf. He's promoting his kingdom. Hallelujah. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be awesome. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to try to squeeze all this here, but I want to encourage you in this hour because you've been not selected for such a time as this, as an accident. You've been selected for this time because you have something that the Lord can use for such a time as this. And to walk away from what the Lord had delivered to you, it will be being unfaithful. So I want to encourage you in this hour. This is not the time, like I said before, to take vacation, to be in a spiritual rest, to be just, you know, wandering around, well, what's going to happen next? This is the time to seek in the word. I say, Lord, what you gave me, show me what you gave me and how I use it in this time. Always under times of pressure and persecution, the church always historically and even today, they always the church have grown and expand and, and, and have victory in the middle of pressure. Hallelujah. So we should not be just feeling sorry about ourselves. We should be excited about what the Lord is doing. The Lord is setting up the alignment. It's letting us see that the day of the resurrection, the, the day of the rapture is coming. It's developing in front of our eyes. All the nations are aligning themselves to plot against the church. But God is aligning at the same time the church to rise, to rise and be a great influence and a force that's going to delay the, the manifestation of the wicked one. And as we, the church, maintain our position, the one, the son of the evil will not be able to fully manifest his presence. His spirit might be operational, but his whole influence cannot have an effect. Because the church is still in place. And as long as the church is still in place, we have the victory. In chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many might, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and hath chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised. God hath chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, we need to understand in this season that everything physical and visible have an origin and a place that is invisible and spiritual. Without understanding that, you can never get to wrap your head around what's happening today. Everything, everything physical and visible have its origin in a place invisible and spiritual. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a spiritual force. So we must go into offense against in a spiritual way. We can naturally defeat what is taking place in our days 
we must take it spiritually. And God is telling us by Paul, uh, uh, writing us by inspiration, saying, come on, guys, you need to understand this. God is such a great God that he didn't choose the knowledge of the world. He didn't choose the rich people in the world. He didn't choose those that look like they have it all. He chose, he said, the, the um, foolish things, foolish things. That word foolish in the Greek is the word moron. Where we get the word moron? That's the, what it means. <laughs> I'm telling you, you qualify for this season. <laughs> he said you, he chose the morons for such a time as this to put to shame those that think they have it all together. He put, he put together, he called the weak, the handicapped, those that cannot act on their own. That's what the word weak means. <clears throat> and the base and the thing which are despised, that word literally means, um, and I'm going to translate this correct, the best way possible. It means those that are so ugly, they should not be allowed to be in public. That's what literally the word base and despise mean. Those that are so ugly, they should not be allowed to be in public. <laughs> That's the ones that God chose to bring his glory in, to bring his power, to manifest who he is. And this is what was happening in the beginning. If you go to the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible says that the heavens and the earth were a mirror image. When it was in heaven, it was a replica on earth. But then in verse 2, say, and the church and the, and the earth became, and the earth became chaotic and void. Something happened. Chapter 14 of the book of Isaiah took place. The Bible says that an angel that spent too much time looking at himself in the mirror started thinking about, man, I'm so pretty. He probably was Argentinian. He's, he said, I'm so pretty. Look at me. I'm so wonderful. I'm so awesome. Why I need to worship God? People should be worshiping me. Look at the sounds that come out of me. Look at the things that I can do. Look at the power that I have. And the Bible said that the moment that he thought that way, he was kicked out of heaven. And God himself in all his power, he could destroy this enemy. He could have said, you know what? I'm done with you. But God said, before I can show my wrath, I need to show my power. Excuse me. Before I show my wrath, I need to show my love. And it's not right to show my judgment unless I first show my mercy. You see, God is a judge God. He could have said, I'm done with you and destroyed it, destroyed him. But before he showed his judgment, he had to show his mercy. And he came out with a plan and said, the only one that can do this is a being created in the same image that was this one created. And he decided to create man. Now he knew man will fail. He knew man will, will destroy the plan. He knew man that will mess it up. But he knew that he could send his son and redeem man. 
And the whole concept of the Bible, if you read it with attention and you read the whole plan is based in one thing. God can choose and equip the lesser to destroy the greater. God's plan was always to choose the lesser that will trust him and he can do more with him than the greater that despise him. We can see it in David. The shepherd boy, his dad didn't even recognize him. He completely forgot about David. He said, well, it's a guy, it's the little one, it's the youngest one. He smells bad, he's weird, he's always playing the harp. You know, he's always putting new music. He's, he's playing that weird stuff right now that young people play, you know. And we, we don't want him around because he's weird. Well, we're not going to eat until you bring him here. And after he's anointed, he show up in Saul's place and he see the giant. And he say, I'm not going to let that giant talk about my king like that. You see, that is the attitude that we have to have in these times. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to let this virus talk about my God this way. My God is greater than him. My God is more powerful. Actually, you will not exist unless God allows you to be here. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So the whole concept of the Bible, we can resume it. That God could destroy the greater, but he chose to do it through the lesser. In other words, God said, I'm so great. I'm so awesome. I like when God started talking about himself because, you know, he can pull it off. So a lot of people talking about themselves, they can pull it off. They're, like, like Pastor Donnie sometimes says, he's like, they're a legend in their own mind. <laughs> I love that expression. I always use it because I think it's great. They're a legend in their own mind. But God, when he talks about himself, he can say it. So God basically say, I'm so awesome. I'm, I'm, such, a, I'm such a great God. That I'm not going to destroy you. I'm going to create somebody equal like you. And they're going to destroy you. And they're going to show you how great I am. Every, situ every situation that comes against humanity is a great opportunity for the church to show how great our God is. Every situation they come in this time that's trying to stop humanity and is trying to kill humanity and is trying to steal from humanity, was trying to destroy humanity, it's a great opportunity to show how great our God is. This is, what, this is why I say this is not a time to, uh, to, to push back and to rest and to just wait. This is a time to go even more committed than ever before into the offense and push back. The forces of the enemy. And God said it like this. And I strongly believe that this time many, many will have a great awakening from the presence of God. Because we've been seeking God. Now go with me to Matthew 25. I'm going to try to close with this. But I want to show you something that the Lord has been talking to me in this couple of weeks. And I, and I hope it bless you. In chapter 25 of the book of Matthew, verse 14. 
I know it's a lot of people look at me for online or whatever, and they say, who is this weirdo? Where he came from? I tell you where I came from. I came from a communist country. I know how this works. I've been here before. I'm not afraid of them. I don't care what they try to tell me. It's not true. <laughs> so, so for those that are hearing me, I say, listen, forgive me. I'm not against you. I'm just against whatever is trying to tell me. This cannot be done. I work in a nation where the whole nation is trying to tell me you can't do that. The whole nation told me you can't do that. We passed over 150 million downloads when they were telling us you can't do that. We have bring people to the gospel in a nation where they told us you can't do that. We've been sending more finances than ever before to a nation where they told us you can't do that. We've been bringing equipment and everything that we can get our hands on in a nation they told us you can't do that. So I'm tired of telling people, trying to tell me you can't do that. I've been proving time after time it can be done if you just follow God. <laughs> no, I'm freaking some people out. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered him his goods. Then unto one he gave five talents, unto another two, unto another one, to each according to his own ability. To each according to his own ability. This is why, no, Jesus is not a communist. If he was a communist, he would give it one to everybody. <laughs> Then he, had, then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, the one that had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug into the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled account with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you deliver me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done and good, faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you have delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents. Besides them, his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Verse, um, enter the joy of the Lord. Verse 24, then who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look. There you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap what I have not sown and gather what I have not scattered. See, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and, my, and at my coming I will receive back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who have more will be given, and he, and he will have abundance. But from, his, from him who does not have, even what he have not has will be taken away. 
and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, they will be the weeping and the gushing of teeth. And this is the only thing that I want to say, and I'm going to be closing with this. The parable is talking about um, talent. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says a supply. In the book of Romans chapter 12, the Bible says a measure of faith. It's talking about something that came from God, something that came from the master, and it was deposited in our hands, and he was expected for us to do something with it. And yet when we know that the ones with five talents did something about it, and when we know that the one with two talents did something about it, we often forget that we are in a time of grace. We are in a season of grace. And yet when we know the outcome of this one servant, they have one talent, it was bad. It was, it's not supposed to be like that for us because of the grace of God that's been shed upon us. Yes, it happened to him in the Bible. And it's a warning to the church saying, listen, yes, there was a time for the ones with five talents to shine and they produce everything that they could produce and they produce great harvest for my kingdom. And there was a time where the two rise to the play and they were able to perform according to my plan and they were able to reach a great quantity of people. But their time is also past. Now is the time for the ones with one talent to rise to the play and be faithful with what I had put in their hands. This is not the time to be afraid and to hear what the Lord had delivered to you. This is not the time to be afraid and say, Lord, I can't do anything. You know what the law say. You know what the people say. You know what the government say. That's not the law that we live from. This is not the time to hide and to say, well, oh, poor me, Lord, you knew I couldn't do much because the government say this is the time where you're responsible for what the Lord has delivered to you and what delivered to you, he's expecting you produce something with it. Many think, oh, one, one talent is not that much. So I start doing some research because, you know, I, 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 like, I like shock people. I don't know about you. So I just went into the scriptures and I found out that in Jesus' time, a talent was a measure of, of weight that was around 129 pounds. One talent equals 6,000 denarii or 20 years of wage. So we're not talking about just simple coins. We're talking about a ton of money. You see, we always have the tendency to think that talents were this little coin where the master went and said, five to you, two to you, one to you. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says a talent was something big, was something heavy, was something that have consistency, was something that have, uh, it, it, it have purpose. If we calculate this, in 2018, the average salary in American media household was 63000 So when the master gave talent to his servant, to one, he gave $6.3 million. To the other one, he gave $2.5 million. And to the other one, one $1.2 million. So he was not giving them change. <laughs> He was putting a lot of money. In other words, God's saying, what I put in you is not a cheap thing. 
Don't treat it like cheap. It's not a small thing. It's 20 years of your life. I deposited in you. I trust you with that. I know you can do something with it. How I know this? Because of what it says in verse 15. According to their own ability. God knew these guys can handle this. God knew they can do something with it. Even the unfaithful servant have the capacity to handle this amount of resource. God knew it. And I believe in these days, many of us, that we consider ourselves the one talent guys, you know, the ones that are not too sharp, the ones that are not too shine, the ones that might save a lot of mistakes, the ones that, you know, we not always get it all together. God is still saying, whatever I give you, don't treat it cheap because I'm confident that if you trust me, you can do great things in me and put it to shame. That one's that's trying to destroy you. What is interesting about this parable is that no matter how much they produce, they all got the same reward. Well done, good and faithful servant. And much you've been faithful. And little you've been faithful, I will put you in much. Come and enter the joy of your Lord. Notice that he didn't say something different to the one that had five. To the one that got two. He said exactly the same thing. So no matter what your responsibility is, no matter what the talent that you have is, no matter what the quantity is, and no matter how effective you are, if you are faithful with what the Lord gave you, the reward is exactly the same. Thank God for the Billy Grant. Thank God for those that went ahead and preached the gospel and brought the masses to Christ. But what about you going across the street and preaching the gospel to those that don't know about Jesus right in your own neighborhood? What about you just bringing cookies to your neighbor that doesn't like you because you pray in tongue saying Jesus still love you. Jesus still for you. Jesus is the answer. What about you They might not be so great speaking in public, but you have an ability to love people with what you do. God is trusting you and he's saying, do not consider cheap what I have given you, what I have released upon you, because I'm trusting that you will do your part. If we are out to focus on anything in this time is to do a recount in our heart and see, am I being effective with what the Lord has delivered to me? Am I being faithful with what the Lord has been delivered to me? Am I being effective? Am I putting all the effort to make sure that God receives the glory in everything that I do? This is a great time for repentance for America and for the nations of the world to repent that we've been hiding behind the five and the two talents that we've been afraid to use. The one talent that the Lord gave us because we've been comparing each other with the ones around us. They might look better than us. They might do more than us. But the Lord is saying, stop comparing yourself with others and be faithful with what I have put in you because there is a great reward waiting for you if you just go and do it. 
The Lord doesn't expect everybody to act the same. The Lord doesn't even consider that everybody has do the same. The Lord have assigned every single person to its own race. You're not competing with anybody except your own self that's trying to dismiss you and disqualify you from the faithfulness of God. Man, I'm preaching good today. I wish the church was filled. We would have a great altar call here. Because I think we all can do a, 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 an account on our heart and say, you know what? I'm falling short. I'm falling short. Brother Pablo, if you ask me right, if you look at me in the eyes and you ask me that question, I probably say, Been easy to hide in the multitudes. It's been easy to hide in the, in, the, in the people. It's been easy to come to church and leave when everybody, when service is done, and not have to talk to anybody, not have to tell anybody about my business. It's been easy to just do that. This is not that day anymore. This is the day when everybody, if we are really believers, believers in Christ and we really obey what the Lord has led us to do, we all will shine. And what the enemy have tried to create as a destruction, it will play against him and it will completely, completely destroy his plan. And he will scratch his head saying, I thought I got them. But God. The way they like to think about it is, in, in South America, we, have, uh, we don't have a central heat. Uh, all the houses in, in South America, they have kind of its own, every room have kind of its own furnace where, where you had to heat that way the houses, you know. So, so you know exactly what the furnace is, and if you go and shut it off, that room is cold. But in America, central heat, you just have one ridiculous thing in the wall, and as soon as you move it, the whole house <laughs> get influenced but the thermostat. That's what the church is. It's the thermostat of the world. And we, we let God to move us, to tell us, to change our temperature. Whatever is hidden inside of us is going to start producing heat and it's going to warm up the whole house. I believe in this day the Lord is trying to change our temperature. Bible say I will not take anybody warm. I will, I prefer you cold, but I will not take you warm. This is not the time to be lukewarm. This is not the time to just play church. This is not the time to say, well, you know, we've been not able to go to church, so I'm going to just chill out. This is the time to seek God. This, this servant didn't have an opportunity to repent. But we do. The parable was given for us to not make the same mistake, to not get to the point where we present ourselves before God and say, Lord, I was so afraid. What my family will say, what my neighbor will say, what my bodies will say, I was so afraid, even if the government will try to do something against me. I was so afraid. That's what we've been dealing with, fear. But the Lord having given you a spirit of fear, 
fear, but a power of love and a sound mind to overcome the one that's trying to stab you and freeze you in such a time as this. So if there's anything that I can say in this hour and encourage you, please repent. Please repent. If you sin that you haven't used the talent according to the God's destiny for your life. If you see that you're falling short concerning to the destiny that the Lord have delivered upon your heart. And you know that you know you're not the best. But whatever you had, the Lord have trusted to you. Repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. Give me the boldness to deliver my gift in the middle of chaos. I think in the days to come, the church is going to be the answer. We are the answer. We just haven't acted like it. We are the answer. We just haven't acted like it. But the church is the thermostat of this world. And the enemy, as much as he wants, he cannot manifest his whole power. Because we're still here. That, that's, that's great news right there. He wants to. I bet you he wants to. He can't. He can't. Because you and me still here. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, Lord. I ask you, Father, that your word at the sound of my mouth, Father, anybody hearing and receiving this message, Father, cannot just have an encounter with you, Father, Lord, but can have, Father, Lord, a moment in where they can check themselves, do a hard count, come to a place of understanding of what you are out to do, Father. I love you. I thank you for your spirit. And in the same way that you've been here this morning, I ask you to inhabit the homes of those watching and those that proclaim your name. If anybody out there needs Jesus, the only thing that I encourage you to do is ask Jesus in your heart. Tell him, Lord, I mess it up. I, 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 I walk away from you. Forgive me. And he will forgive you. And he will restore your life. And he will deliver it to you a great plan and a purpose. Just use your words and use your heart to accept him and confess him as Lord. We can't wait to see you again. We love you. You, you greatly miss. But until then, we continue to strive to expand the kingdom of God everywhere where we go and every way we can. We love you guys. We thank you, Pastor Danny, for the opportunity. I hope it was appropriate to the moment. And um, we love this opportunity. Thank you very much. God bless you guys.